Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to our weekly podcast as we discuss with Pastor Stephen his sermons uh, from the week before. I got a note from the producer, and he wanted me to let you know that we started this podcast kind of in the middle uh, of his Roman series, A Life Transformation. And so over the next several weeks, be looking back on the podcast tab. He will be adding the past sermons and past discussions uh, to the list. So keep a lookout for that. But today, Pastor Stephen, we are looking at Romans chapter 4, verses 16 through 25. And you have titled this sermon, The Reward for Righteousness. And I kind of want to start off asking you this question uh, because you referenced verse 17. um, And, you know, it's talking about righteousness. Uh, There's a scripture that says that none are righteous, no, not one. But yet we know that God calls us to righteousness. So how how do we connect those two statements? Um, How do we connect where scripture says we're not righteous, but we're called to righteousness? Well, yeah, God, God sees the future before we get there. So uh, clearly he is speaking and he is saying, hey, hey, listen, I know I know you're still bound uh, in your unrighteousness, you're still bound according to uh, um, your your the curse of sin. But I am declaring that you are righteous because I can I can see the standing that you will have in Christ. So um, I mean you uh, you could even describe it this way: God does God know who's going to? receive Christ as Lord and Savior. Um, yeah, absolutely. God God knows all. Nothing nothing hidden from him. Nothing catches him by surprise. I think the problem is a lot of people when it comes to uh, God's knowledge and the fact that he knows who will be saved and who will not be saved is I, I don't believe the Bible teaches that he predetermines who will be saved and who will not be saved. He knows who will. But it's still, uh, it's an act of faith in his grace that brings about salvation. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, that was drawn out in the sermon that Paul, the point he makes right here regarding Abraham, beautiful picture, father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations. And that had not right. come to pass. But God's like, hey, listen, I've declared it. I've decreed it. This mm. is my promise to you. Yeah. It is as good as done. Don't worry about it. This will happen. Uh, so the righteousness that comes through faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he has already decreed, he's declared those who will accept him by faith, that they have a righteous standing. And so um, anyway, to me, it just has to do with God's God's all-knowing uh, characteristics and the declaration of those that are in Christ. And then you kind of you take us through some steps for righteousness. You know, yeah, we are assured by God. We have to, uh, and that was point number one, we're assured by God. Point number two is we have to, we're accepted by faith. And then you 
you draw out and kind of help us with these different things of faith and you, and you spell it out you know you, you start with f which you know stands for facts and a and you keep going through there but uh can you can you kind of pinpoint or uh, maybe peel the layer back on those on those words again for faith because you know in the sermon and we may have missed it right like we may have been looking at something on our phone or maybe missed some of the things you said but the the stuff that you talk about for faith uh, w- was pretty pretty good yeah the so in one of my old Bibles uh, I, I and I don't even know where I got it I didn't date it didn't put a name down but right at the fly leaf. Uh, I've got this written, F, you know, this acronym, F-A-I-T-H, uh, and the Bible is a, uh, it's a KJV, so I haven't used KJV since probably I was growing up. And you use a New King James New now, King right? James is, is, that's what I preach out of just because I'm a creature of habit, and I've, that's that's the translation I started using when I started preaching. And uh, But now in my own personal study, I use all kinds of things, New American Standard, ESV, uh, Holman Christian Standard, Bible, um, various things. And I'll, I'll even use paraphrases, the message. Uh, but as far as what I use to preach is the New King James Version. So this acronym was written in the flyleaf of my, my KJV Bible, and I can remember uh, just that how that helped me when I was trying to understand uh, at an early age well, what it, what is what is faith because kind of the point that was drawn out as we came uh, or at the beginning of chapter four last week hey it's not just faith it's not faith it's the whole subject of the faith it's the object of the faith it's faith in the living God uh, faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord but the way it's broke down is you know the the f for the facts and when we talk about the facts there clearly we're talking about the facts of the bible uh in order for me to have faith it's got to be built on uh true facts that uh are always going to be uh same yesterday today tomorrow we know that to be god's word something that is completely uh, different uh, from any other book that we may have. So I, I sit there and here are the facts of what God says. And then and then the A, which stands for uh, agreement, that is that is a key one because nothing else matters if I don't agree with, with what God's Word says. Right. And there are folks all the time who, who will do that very same thing or do that very thing. They'll sit there and they'll say, well, you know, I know the Bible says, but what, I would have to say that would be a great time just to shut your mouth right there. <laughs> I know the Bible says, but, or, you know, um, they'll, they'll take just a little bit of truth and then they'll, they'll doctor it up, you know, to try to fit whatever it is that they're wanting to do. And so, um, no, I've got to take, I got to take the fact of God's words, the truth of his word. Uh, I would say the majority of scripture is not even something that has to be open to interpretation. I think, uh, it's, it's pretty clear, pretty pretty liberal or literal not liberal Uh um yeah i know right sorry um he's a he's a new king jameser that's liberal (laughs) it's it's literal Uh, very little interpretation is needed there so i'm gonna agree i agree with you this is what god's word says and the way it broke down the way we broke it down in the sermon was we were just talking about saving faith this could apply to anything um 
really any decision you got to make when it comes to the Christian life. Well, and you say it, you like you cannot claim to be a Christian and disagree with any part of the book. You have to agree with what God says. So I think that I think that agreement is a very, uh, even though it's something that we intellectually know, but I think it's something really good that the church needs to kind of reflect on. Like well, how can I, yeah, how can I, how can I embrace parts of the book, but not other parts? And clearly we want to embrace the whole salvation thing, that whole get out of hell free <laughs> right. deal. And yeah, I want that. I want the salvation part. Uh, but then there are other things. I mean, like the whole honoring God with my uh, finances and resources and tithing and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't really want that one. Or it doesn't really work out. Yeah, for me, right? exactly. Uh, leading my family in the way that I'm supposed to lead my family. Uh, yeah, I don't really really like that one. Uh, forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, he really meant what? Like once every six weeks. Uh, I can still so, have church at the softball field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 A lot of folks have approached it that way. I've yet to meet one that actually says, uh, you know, um, uh, well, here, here's here's usually what I get. I will get folks that say, you know, uh, we go, we do the travel ball tournaments and all that kind of stuff. And God has allowed us to become friends with folks that are unchurched so that we might win them. And that, that, is, that is an awesome strategy that, and I'm not saying it does not happen, I'm saying overwhelmingly it does not happen. Let, let's, just be, let's just be truthful. Let's just, let's just say it, you know, call it for what it is. No, you, you want to go uh, and be a part of ball. Which, which, I mean, just be truthful. Well, I want to go and be a part. And so I want to try to justify that within the realm of uh, being a Christ follower. So let me come up with a little side gig here of, <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, um, we're telling others about Jesus. But what's happening is you are you are building a, uh, a friendship group um, and a support group between your kid and other kids that church has not been a priority and you're setting your kid up for some major, major difficulty and heartache. And you're even doing that as well. If you build your entire uh, base of family uh, around people that church is not a priority, then the next thing you know, it's going to be a minimal priority to you. It's amazing how God has created inside of us this desire for fellowship within the church. And I'll mm-hmm. even read posts right. posts that people will sit there and say, man, we're so thankful for our soccer family, our soccer family. And so what has happened is the very thing that he intended for the body of believers, the called out ones, the church to fulfill in our own lives, there are folks that are go out there and they'll try to fulfill that with other groups. I mean, it doesn't just have to be travel ball. It could be civic groups or whatever it may be, motorcycle groups, hunting. Yeah, hunting, our producers showing the rifle. <laughs> it could be any of those things and of themselves not wrong. The problem when it takes the place that God really has designed in our hearts for uh, that brother and sister Christian community that we know as the local church. 
Uh, I don't even know how we got on this. I, I, mean, I kind of got you off you track because I said, there, you know, I know the, right? uh, the, the fact of I think we need to reflect on agreeing with what God's word says, like understanding that for our lives. So I'll, I'll move on to the next one. You know, I. Hey, let I, me say this before sorry. we move to the next one real quickly. How do I agree with God's word? Obey it. Mm. There, there's no better mm. way of agreeing than to simply do what it says. So the I stands for internalize. And this kind of kind of goes with it you know we gotta we gotta really reflect on god's word and you say it all the time like we gotta live our life through the lens of scripture we have to live our life through the lens of biblical text and biblical understanding yeah it's not just enough to have that mental assent it's not just uh to say hey i believe what it says again it goes back to what we said earlier no it has now become a part of who i am uh it is my existence it is the way that I live my life. It's the way that I approach my life. We would call it a Christian world view. Uh, I don't like that terminology as much as I like the terminology, a biblical world view. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to look at everything through the lens of Scripture. Uh, I say this all the time uh, when I'm preaching. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to take my life and I'm going to lay it over the truth of Scripture. And where it doesn't match up, there needs to be an adjustment. And the adjustment does not need to happen with uh, the Word. The adjustment needs to happen with my with my life. But that's that's kind of that internalizing it. I'm going. It's going to become a part of me. It's going to become second nature. Uh, it's going to become more than, oh, I want to fulfill my flesh or, uh, you know, even going back to some of the examples that we mentioned earlier. No, no, no. My number one pursuit is I want to, uh, I want to honor God with my life. I want him to get glory through my life. How does that happen? Well, he says, hey, those who love me, they're going to obey me. They're going to keep my word. But again, Ryan, anybody that would approach uh, obeying Scripture in their lives with this, oh, man, are you kidding me? Now I've got to obey Scripture versus, man, I'm so thankful uh, that God's kind of laid out a game plan for me. Uh, There's a pattern here. Uh, This is how he wants me to live my life, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that with the help of the Holy Spirit that can happen. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that whole internalizing the, the very truth of the word. Well, when I think about internalizing and reflecting on God's word and allowing that scripture to overtake, like there, there's been some serious moments in my life where scripture, and I'm sure your life as well, where scripture has just broken through the barriers of the stuff I have going on in my life. It's broken through the barriers of the shame or the pride or the uh, whatever the issue was in my life, but like reflecting on and internalizing exactly what the scriptures say, man, there is, and we've said this word a lot through this podcast, there's freedom in understanding what God's saying. There's freedom in obeying the word. There's freedom in allowing that to kind of penetrate your heart and, and change change who you are so again you know just like you know agreeing with the word i think it's important for the church to internalize it and then the next one you know so we've got we got f stands for facts a for agreement i for internalize and then the t you say is for for trust and uh, before you start on that you know i i think i think this one's a hard one um because it's very hard for us as human beings to trust even though we say we want honesty, we say we want people to be truthful with us, we say we trust things. Like trust is 
kind of it's, it's hard it's hard to trust people it's hard to trust situations it's hard to trust uh, our government politics anything like it's it's hard to trust so i can understand why there may be some tension in people's life when it talks about fully trusting god fully trusting the word because um, because it's, it's a difficult thing in our world yeah it's basically what paul is saying is you 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 trust that what God has said is going to happen is going to happen. And again, we go back through Abraham's life. I mean, we go all throughout Scripture over and over, God saying, this will happen. I mean, you know, go to Noah. Yeah. Uh, hey, water's going to fall from <laughs> the sky. Do what? I mean, it never rained before. Right. Uh, all the earth was... It was fed by under uh, under uh, ground springs, and so all of a sudden, uh, water's going to fall from the sky. I've got to build a boat, a huge boat, to hold one of or two of every animal. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm building this in the middle of the desert. <laughs> well, that's crazy. That's crazy. Had had we been alive during that day and time. We would have said, there's old crazy Noah. Look, old crazy Noah. My, my dad told me about old crazy Noah, and his dad told him about crazy Noah. Yet God said, this is what will happen, and it came to pass. And so uh, if you stop and you look at evidence, it takes, it takes more faith to believe that God's not going to keep his word than it does that wow. God yeah. is going to keep his word. Uh, and so, yeah, the trust factor, and that's the problem. We, we, like you said, we struggle with that because all throughout life, uh, we have been taught to mistrust. Mm. But what we have to remember is that is uh, that environment is is polluted and perverted with with sin. Uh, yet here is God, perfect, perfect in His justice, perfect in in everything about Him. So, God says something. God God conveys something in His Word. It is, I mean, you you again, for lack of better terminology, you can take it to the bank. It is absolutely one hundred percent. So I trust that. I trust that. And the problem with the trust is, I'm sure that there were probably times in old Noah's life where he thought, "This is crazy." crazy water water does not fall from the sky right this is crazy there are probably times that he even started believing what people were saying you know man i'm crazy i've really lost it Um, but he stayed faithful through it he stayed faithful through it um i don't know that scripture records every second (laughs) of every day that happened there um the uh I can only imagine being in the flesh that clearly there were times that he uh, he had doubts and he had struggles and he had difficulties. But well, he didn't have social media to point out all of our flaws every time we messed up. So yeah, yeah, he did have a wife. <laughs> um, and uh, but the first time that 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 drop fell, yeah. and then the next drop fell. And the next drop fell, and I don't think I don't think he take he took pleasure in judgment, right? But I think I think he's like you know what, and I'm I'm so thankful 
that that I that I trusted God with this. Uh, and then the next one, hope. And I had the privilege of having your manuscript right in front of me, and and you have handwritten in your notes uh, under hope. You give the example of the the Florida State Seminoles, um, and and you said in your Sunday sermon that you know there's a lot of people hoping hoping that the Florida State would win. Well, I can tell you now they did not. They did not win. Um, so anyway, sorry. That's a. I just thought I'd throw a dig out there to the Florida State people. Anyway, hope. H is for hope. Um, and, and it's more than just that wishing that something would happen. There is truth and, again, freedom in the hope in Jesus. Yeah, biblical hope means this is going to happen. That is biblical hope. Um, and so the, uh, uh, yeah, the Seminoles did not win. Um, still didn't change the fact that there were folks that were hoping they were they would win, but they had a, they had a real-time definition of hope, and they played a better game than most thought they would. But um, no, biblical hope is okay. Here's trust. I'm building off of it, right? So I've, I understand the facts of God's word, and uh, I'm going to agree with those because God has said it. Uh, I'm going to internalize it because I know that I can uh, trust it is the, is the T. And then what is that going to generate? It's going to generate hope. For instance, I go back to we, we sat here and all we know is this world. This is all we can see. This is all we've experienced. And so... Uh, let's just say that uh, when we get to the point where we're facing uh, the end of this world for us as far as death, and uh, it would be easy for us to say, well, this is it. This is all there is. There's no more. Uh, I have no hope. This is about to be over. It's going to be finished. But yet I have the hope of God's word that death for a follower of Jesus Christ means life. You could even argue whether death death has even occurred uh, there has been a great transferring uh, of our souls from the fleshly body to the very presence of the Lord. And so, um, yeah, I got hope. I've got hope that uh, he is going to work all things for my good and for his glory. And there have been numerous times to where I have sat there and I have said, there is, I just don't see any way that God's going to work this for my good. There were times that I would even, I would even, I don't want to say argue with God, but uh, wrestle with God and say, there's no way this can be used for good. And lo and behold, it may not be the next day, may not be the next year. But I sit there and I'm like, you know what, God, you, you're a pretty wise dude. Yeah. Uh, man, you knew what you were doing. Forgive me. Forgive me for my lack of yeah. faith. And then when we have those experiences, you know, we're like, you know what? All I know is I found myself here. There was no hope whatsoever. I trusted him at his word, and he did. He, he, he worked it for my good and his glory. I think the problem is we have a faulty understanding of what good is. We think good means comfortable, mm. and yet we've got to remember, and I'll draw this out when we get over into chapter 5, God has not saved you. So you'll go to heaven. God has saved you to conform you into the very image of Jesus Christ. And one of the byproducts of his salvation is you get to go to heaven.
Well, then you uh, you talk about this this word of believe, trust, and faith. Like we throw those words around, um, and then you kind of you kind of dive into the word believe and it's and, and the meaning behind it. So can you can you recap that? Because I think that you use the illustration of you know it's the same word for drink, um, and I think that's a it's a great example. It's a great meaning. Can you can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, it's a little bit like what we just talked about as as far as you know when you drink something you take it in so it becomes a part of you um and that's the reason why they can do uh they can do blood tests and they can test urine uh all that kind of stuff to find out just exactly what you've been putting in your body you know they'll do blood work and i'll never forget several years ago you know, stupid me. I was in a uh, at a doctor's appointment, and I'd had a meeting all the way up to like thirty minutes before the doctor's appointment. I forgot I was going to be doing blood work, and I'm like, man, I'm so hungry. And so uh, I went through like a chicken place and got a fried chicken sandwich, and uh, ate that thing, and then went in had blood work done, and then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, they're like, we really need you to come down. <sighs> Your cholesterol is off the chart. Glycerides are high. Uh, exactly. And uh, I'm like, well, I, I did eat a big old fried chicken sandwich <laughs> right before you did that. And who knows whether that's it was true. It's probably the Lord's chicken. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you drink that in, it becomes a part of you. And so that's exactly what, when, when the word written in the Greek here for believe is, is, is taking it in. It becomes a part of you. You internalize it, as we said before the problem is there are so many folks that when it comes to Christianity they think well yeah I believe the teachings of, of, of Christianity yeah I believe what the Bible says um, I, I think it is true uh, but if if it's not become a part of you if you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ if it has not changed you then basically all you're doing is you're you're adhering to principles and philosophies but we know it's a relationship with jesus christ that makes you a christian so i'm going to ask this question i I know your answer on this but i think it's worth discussing just to again nail down the fact of of who jesus is you make the statement that the christian life is more than it's or it's not this intellectual ascent it is about the personal relationship with Jesus. But my question is, do you think that many people sitting in churches week after week, Sunday after sur- Sunday, after Sunday, like they, they miss that? Like, and, and, and I know your answer, but why? Like why, when the gospel is so clearly given, you know, we still sit back and we think intellectual assent versus this right, real, personal relationship with Christ? Well, I think first, you know, the the evil one, the adversary, the devil is doing everything he can to keep you from getting a true, clear understanding of what it means to be a Christian. Now, Christian, and I hate to even use that terminology because uh, it's like it's a uh, it's like a culture that we're a part of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm Christian. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm part of a Christian family. Yeah, we celebrate Easter and Christmas. And it's my heritage. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Oh man, yeah, I'm Christian. Um, but uh, we know. We're, I mean, we're the only thing that really matters when it's all said and done is have you surrendered your trust, your will, your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and you have a relationship with him, you are different because you have a relationship with him than if you did not have a relationship with him. And so I think I think another reason why so many folks don't get it is um, I think they get caught up in the uh, game, the mechanical game of religion, and everything becomes uh, ritualistic, and it becomes habit. And, and I think another reason is because so many folks have this hard, or well, yeah, this hard, this difficulty of thinking that their salvation is based upon something that does not involve them. Mm. Um, yeah, is there going to be a change? 100%. You know, unless there's a repentance, there is no forgiveness of sins. The Bible makes that very clear. But uh, I don't. I don't change so that I can be saved. I already develop a, you know, I receive a relationship with Christ again through my hand of faith, taking God's hand of grace. And that brings about salvation as a result of that salvation. Now there is a sanctification that takes place, which it's day in and day out. I become more and more into the very image made into the image of Jesus Christ. So yeah, that change is going to occur. But, um, uh, you know, I would say even another uh, reason, Ryan, is just folks not studying God's Word uh, for the right reason. Uh, there are folks that study it for historical reasons. There are folks that study it so that they might win an argument with their, uh, you know, Seventh-day Adventist uncle or their Jehovah's Witness neighbor. Uh, but unless you, you look at it through the lens of uh, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then it's not going to matter. I think that's the reason why Christ said there are going to be a lot of folks on the day of judgment that are going to say, whoa, hey, I mean, we did a lot of things for you. Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Right. Uh, you know, we healed for you and we we gave food to the poor in your name and we did all these things for you. And he's going to say, well, yeah, you did some great things, but but I never knew you. We didn't have a personal relationship. I, I was not... You know, you, you never surrendered to me. I was not active in your life. I'll talk to folks, and I use the very words. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And they just look like, <laughs> uh, yeah, a deer in headlights, like, what are you talking yeah. about? What do you mean by that? Um, and it's one of those things to where, you know, when you've experienced that, you're like, how in the world can you not know? what I'm talking about. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think that's a, a, a very uh, dangerous thing. Um, and I know we I know we talk about it all the time. We do. We, we talk about the gospel all the time. We talk about what Jesus has done for us. Um, we are not ashamed of that. That is something that we are known for. Uh, and, and even in this particular section of the text, uh, you know, I'll go back to your points. You know, the, the first point was we're assured by God. Second point, we're accept we have to accept it by faith. And the third point was, you know, it's already paid for that Jesus Jesus's death paid my debt. And uh man, that's just that's just the the truth of it. That's the clarity of it. That's a very simple way to understand how good Jesus is. He he paid my debt of sin by the going to the cross. And I mean, you hit that over and over again. You hit it every week. Well, the 
Well, that and, and kind of building on what we had said, there there's a passage of scripture uh, that that I mentioned uh, from the book of Colossians. And uh, he says, what, what is the hope of glory? Okay, when we say hope of glory, I mean, in that essence, he's talking about, he's talking about heaven. He's talking about eternal life. What, what is the hope? Again, biblical word hope, not American cultural hope, but biblical word hope is, this is an absolute surety. Hmm. So how can I absolutely be certain that I will have heaven and eternal life, he says, Christ in you. Mm. Christ in you. He doesn't say, uh, you've been a good church member. He doesn't say, uh, you can quote scripture. Uh, He doesn't say, were you born to a Christian family? Uh, He doesn't say any of those things that, again, those aren't bad things. Those are great things, good things, good things. Uh, I would just say that the devil is the best in the world uh, to get us to sacrifice the best mm. for good. Mm. And so he knows with so many people, man, I'm going to get them to focus on those good things, like being a good church member and loving their neighbor and, you know, memorizing scripture and all all these things so that they'll miss what is the hope of glory. It is Christ in you. Uh, So, yeah, and then we build off of that. Like you said, Jesus's death paid for my debt. Um, Quite simple. If, you know, if I, if I still had a, uh, a debt of my sin after I'd surrendered my life to Christ and he came to live inside of me, then, uh, then we would, in essence, be saying, well, what he did was not sufficient on the cross to cover all sin. And we know he, he paid it in full. He, he, he took care of it once and for all. Jesus plus nothing else is needed. Um, and that's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, he has already taken care of that. He even goes in the verse 25. He was delivered up because of our offenses. Right. He was raised up for our justification. And I say this all the time. And this, again, I was taught this early in church, just as if I'd never sinned. Um, so, uh, yeah, his death did. It, 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 it took care of the judgment for sin that I should be paying myself. And so we'll we'll close it out with you know going going back to the faith you know faith in Jesus like we have to have faith that when he died he died that we we could have abundant life now and forever and you ask the question like do you really have faith do you really believe and you know you you make the statement you know some people have emotional faith and we've talked about emotional faith over the last well, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about emotional faith. We've hit the intellectual faith. It's more than that intellectual assent. It's a, it's a heart thing. And we talked about, you know, it's not about the technicality of church, but it's about the relationship with Jesus. And you, and you ask, you're like, I'm asking for us to have volitional faith. What, what do you mean by that? Volitional faith is just that. It is an act of, uh, of my will to where I sit there and say, uh, I will put this faith into action. And so 
you know, so, so many times we, we sit there and we want to attribute anything spiritual as being a feeling. Boy, I just felt God with me today. Uh, okay, but if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is as equally as present with you the days you don't feel he's there. Um, some would even say it, it's those days that he is he is accomplishing uh, his desire to sanctify you, to make you more and more into the very image of of Jesus Christ. But that that volitional faith, uh, you stop and think it's almost the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit, will sit there and take the truth, the facts of God's Word, and He will use that to uh, bring about conviction in your heart. Uh, Conviction by the Holy Spirit of God, it always leads to action, change. We get conviction and condemnation confused. Condemnation is something that the devil uses to, uh, well, really to straightjacket us. Mm. Condemnation is just that, oh, you're rotten. Man, you're, you're guilty. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You, you know who you are. Why do you keep on doing that? Yeah, this is not, you know, you're, you're, you're putting on a facade. You're playing the game. You're just, you're, this is who you are. This is who you will always be. And so, so that, that is not of God. God does not condemn. He does not just sit there kind of laying this cloud heaviness of guilt over you. Uh, no, he convicts. Conviction says, okay, this is what you did, but this is this is what I desire you to do. Or this is where you are, and this is where I desire you to be. Right. And with the help of the Holy Spirit leading to that, uh, that action. Well, to me, that's volitional faith. So volitional faith says this, it's not about me just taking something I've been taught or something that I read or I may agree with this, but no, I take the fact of God's truth and I, I bring it inside. I drink it in. It now becomes a part of me so that I will, um, by my own will, through the help of the power of the Holy Spirit, I live out that fact. I live out that truth. Um, it is, again, the change. I'll have folks that will come to me uh, quite a bit, and here's what they'll say. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that I may not be saved. Mm. Uh, I'm really, really doubting my salvation. It could be somebody even listening to this podcast, and you're like, boy, that's me. That's me. Uh, there are times that I really, really doubt whether I'm, I'm truly in Christ or not. And here's what I'll usually say. Well, let's talk about why do you think you might be saved? Explain to me, if you say you're doubting your salvation, then surely there's, I mean, there's there's a part of you that says, well, I mean, I, I think I may truly be in Christ. Okay, well, what's that based upon? And, um, you know, you, by the way that answer, by the way that question is answered, it, it tells you what their understanding of salvation is. Mm. If they give you any other answer, which is, which is besides what I would call a faith answer. Then, then chances are they truly don't have a relationship with Jesus because they never had an understanding of what faith was to begin with, and they don't know, um, uh, they don't know how to, uh, uh, well, I don't say they don't know how, but they don't understand what the true doctrine of the gospel is, and so they probably never surrendered their life to Christ. Um, but God desires that you know. 
he desires. And again, not you know, so I mean, it's it's for you so that you might have that peace. You might have, as again, what Paul said in Colossians, the hope of glory, the hope of glory. I mean, stop and think about that. I've stood over the hospital beds of folks that were taking their final breaths. I mean, time was fleeting, and you could just see hope all over them. I mean, their family would be just... And and just grieving tremendously, almost doing. I mean, let's do whatever it takes to make sure they do not yeah. leave us. Yeah. And there's just this peace that's overcome them. When when I read hope of glory, that's exactly what comes to my mind. That you're able to face what we would consider to be arguably the worst thing that could happen to you in this life, and you're able to face it with a peace of heart because of what Christ in in you. Um, so that's, that's a beautiful picture that he gives us there of just what it means to be in Christ. Well, and we'll, and we'll close it out there. And and it's our hope and prayer for those of you listening to this podcast that you understand how much Jesus loves you. You understand how much he's done for you in your life. The fact that he did give his, or God gave his son, Jesus to die for us. So that way we could have life. We could have abundant life. We could have a relationship with Jesus that Pastor Stephen talks about so often. Again, it's our hope and prayer that you understand who Jesus is and what he's done for your life. We thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www. Dot Highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D, Park, P-A-R-K, dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at highlandpark.org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D, P-A-R-K, dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.